0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today we are talking about what the rich people know kind <laughs> of a fun topic. With me today, I have certified financial planner, Kelsey Bankey. Hello. And we are going to talk about some of the things that rich people know that many people wish they knew. <laughs> you would think that there is some like super crazy secret that's in the Wealthy People Club. But the truth is, most of it is basic information that they, they have applied and that they have executed
1: for many many years. Absolutely. They've they've taken this information that everybody can do. They've <laughs> just had the discipline to do it.
0: Right. So I I want to talk a little bit about the word rich cuz I think that's kind of a funny funny term. So everybody's definition of a rich person is different. There's no standard definition of like you have to have this much money to be considered rich, right? But Almost everybody's definition of rich means that they think rich people have more money than them. <laughs> Absolutely. So no matter how much you have, your definition of rich is usually more than your own. So most people don't consider themselves to be rich, even though some people who have a lot of money would be considered rich by other people who have less money.
1: Absolutely. I'll never forget uh my kiddo <laughs> got into a, a vehicle of somebody and they had the, the DVD player in the roof, you know, like yep. it's just a minivan <laughs> with a DVD player. Mom, they're rich. They got a TV in their car. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so awesome. it's all relative. <laughs>
0: there you go. That's exactly my point. Even your youngster has figured out the of <laughs> riches on a sliding scale. <laughs> All right, but here's what people who have accumulated wealth and uh, in the absence of having been born with it or necessarily inherited it or won the lottery or something like that, what people who have accumulated wealth know is that starting early makes a difference. So you've heard that saying, the early bird catches the worm. I think that's kind of true when it comes to wealth
1: accumulation. Absolutely. The earlier you can put a focus on savings and the earlier you can make that a priority in your life, not only do you have more years to do it, but you also can have the power of compound savings Mm -hmm. and compound interest working for you.
0: Now, compound interest doesn't sound too exciting when you're talking about smaller dollars at the beginning, but those dollars that you invested at the beginning of your savings journey are going to be some of the most valuable dollars that you ever have because they have so much time to grow and multiply that they can oftentimes double and triple and quadruple and keep doing that many, many times throughout the course of your life. So starting early absolutely matters.
1: Yes. So those people that go out and get their first jobs and their first jobs say, hey, we have a retirement plan. Please take advantage of that. Yes,
0: definitely. (laughs) Please,
1: please, please do it. I talk to people all the time and I I tell them, I promise it'll be worth it. Just do it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I'm going to tell you some math that I think is kind of interesting on this. And this illustrates the importance of, start, importance of starting early. If you invested $10,000 and you left it to grow for 40 years, assuming an average return of 8%, you would end up with over $217,000. But if you waited 10 years and invested 20,000, so twice as much as the original sum, you'd only end up in the same time frame with $200,000. So it would take more to make less. So the time in the market, the time to compound really becomes a good friend when you're thinking about accumulating wealth. And that is what self-made wealthy people have learned, is they start early. So Whatever your situation is, saving and investing money today is better than waiting until tomorrow. So start now. Yep, don't wait 10 years. <laughs> Definitely not. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about investing then. So non-wealthy people tend to think that you get wealthy by finding a hot stock or one hot investment or something like that. And, and the truth is... That wealthy people know that steady eddy investing, contributing to things that are good quality investments, and again, that have time to compound, really is the name of the game.
1: Consistency. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's not jumping in and out of things with, you know, the, the change of the wind. It's, it's finding good stuff, sticking with it, um, and, and regularly contributing. So if
0: you can only afford to contribute $100 a month, then do it. If you can afford to contribute $1,000 a month, then do it. But people who have accumulated wealth know that maxing out their available opportunities for investments leads to that wealth and comfort in the future. And that is the key to investing. Okay, so... What is one of the best ways to actually go ahead and get that investing working for you? It's to automate things.
1: I love automation.
0: <laughs> it's the best. Doing
1: something <laughs> one time that works for you time and time and time again is awesome. And you know what? It's it's more and more readily available to people. So within your 401ks, you can automate it. Within your savings accounts, you can automate it. Shoot, there's even... Uh, apps out there that automate every time you spend that you're saving. I mean, there's so many opportunities for this now that this is a very exciting um, option and and trick for you. But tricking, you know, I I, I like to think of how... How am I going to feel about stuff uh, down the road? And if I can trick myself into saving more by automating it, it's amazing how much more I can save, even though I truly do know it's important. (laughs) When you're faced with some of those decisions on a month-to-month basis of, you know, ooh, I'd really like to spend that $100 on this over here. If it's already gone into my savings account, I don't have to make the decision because it automated it for me.
0: Right. So the perfect recipe for not becoming rich is to... Neglect what needs to be done, procrastinate about automating things, and then give into the temptation to spend more than you should. So, if you're giving yourself decision points on a very frequent basis of should I save or should I spend, your decision fatigue and your life is going to put you in a position where you're like, oh, yeah, I deserve that. Nope, I'm just going to spend it. I can save later. And you're going to spend more than you should. So, giving yourself the active decision. To save versus spend is going to result in more spending. Automating the savings is going to eliminate that decision and take out that entire bad money habit process. So your rich future self will thank you (laughs) if you automate some of your savings. (laughs) Some of the most fun apps for for savings are kind of quirky that are out there like you can set it up to say well if I you know swipe my credit card at a certain place um, like let's say I go to Starbucks and buy a coffee then I'm automatically going to save $4 into my investment account or $5 into my savings account. So you not only can you automate your savings but you can also tag it to your spending to say if I spend here I'm also going to make myself save here which is kind of a like a double whammy of savings.
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of fun. And then there's, you know, keep the change ones where it rounds up to yep. so the nearest dollar and throws that change into a savings account. And that's kind of fun. And I mean, there's all sorts of ways to do it. And, you know, it's not all about savings. You have to have the play, too. So if you want to automate your savings, reward yourself by contributing to maybe a spending account that's, for clothes or in my case I like to automate my vacation savings so (laughs) for every amount I put toward Mm -hmm. retirement I have a chunk that also goes to my vacation account and I give myself permission to spend that Mm -hmm. because I've done I've been a good girl and I've put it over you know the money over into my retirement savings that I should do Um, so think through this this one can be a really fun one it can be um, really effective for you as well
0: now one of the things that you would think about wealthy people is that they have enough money that they don't worry about where their money is or how it's doing. And the truth is that many wealthy people fret over their accounts on a pretty regular basis. Like a lot of them can tell you exactly where their money is and the approximate amounts of how much are in there. It's not uncommon for wealthy people to come into our office and be able to rattle off a list of what they have and where it's at.
1: Oh, yes. And and with a lot of accuracy. Mm-hmm.
0: So, people in that situation also can usually tell you how much they're saving. So, they'll be saying things like, well, I have this much in my 401k, I'm maxing that out. My, my spouse has this much in their 401k, they're maxing it out. We're doing non-deductible IRA contributions and, and this is the reason why we're doing that. So, they have a pretty good handle. So, one of the best tips that we can give you is if you want to know what the rich people know, they know their numbers. They know what's happening within their finances. And so if you spend some time educating yourself about your own situation and getting familiar with where your wealth is and what you're contributing, you're definitely taking a step towards knowing that and moving into that paradigm.
1: Sure. And, you know, maybe this will be something that really motivates you. I know it, it is for me if, you know, the, the, Routine of month-to-month living, you're, you're paying all your bills and you're collecting your income and you do it all over again next month, can sometimes not feel as exciting as it really is. Mm-hmm. But what if you do a little bit of tracking, what you quickly realize is every time you pay, make a payment towards something that is debt, you're increasing your equity. Every time you do something towards savings, you're increasing your savings. So you have positive net worth happening two different places mm-hmm. inside of your your spending. So what I started doing, oh gosh, years and years and years ago, and I, I'm a spreadsheet nerd. We've talked about this <laughs> before. <laughs> is That's I good. have a spreadsheet <laughs> and every single month I go out and I track the balances of my accounts that are invested or in savings or whatever. And I, I track the balances of my debts and I have a calculation at the end of that saying, hey Even though this seemed kind of like a a, a non-eventful month, look at the positive net worth that you you improved here. Um, And and whether you want to do that monthly or quarterly or annually, or you don't want to do that at all because that's just not your cup of tea, fine. (laughs) But knowing what you're doing and being intentional about your, your activity can bring a lot of success.
0: Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today we're talking about what the rich people know. So regardless of where your level of wealth is, here are some more tips and strategies that people who have accumulated significant wealth tend to utilize in their daily life. One of the things that people with more money often do are they just don't carry a lot of credit card balances.
1: No, and and it makes sense. You know, credit cards have high interest rates. You're basically just paying a fee or an interest because you just didn't want to pay for something right away. Um, And and so it just doesn't make sense to carry balances. And if you do it on a consistent long-term basis, you are are going to um, definitely uh, get in the way of you creating your own wealth.
0: So smart credit card holders know and practice the different things that actually maximize their rewards. They pay off their debt every month, which boosts their credit score. They maximize any rewards or points that come with the credit cards that they have. And they're not using credit cards to supplement their, ma- their monthly cash flow. They're living within their means and using credit cards as a simplification of a way to handle cash flow. Um, most people with wealth have one primary credit card that they use more of the time, and they have a second one that's the backup. So that's the more common way that people who have wealth handle their actual credit cards.
1: Absolutely. And they're using their credit cards a lot of times not um, for, you know, like Mary said, the fact that they can't afford to buy what they're buying with the assets they have, but as a way to protect against fraudulent activity or to Mm -hmm. get those points and things like that. Um, But paying them off at the end of the the month is helping them win the game of credit cards Mm -hmm. instead of losing to the interest trap.
0: We like winning the games.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) All right. Another thing that people with wealth do is they get educated about key financial concepts. So there are do's and don'ts. There are strategies out there that help contribute to growing wealth, protecting wealth, managing wealth. And people with wealth either get educated themselves or they establish a collaborative relationship with somebody who can guide them.
1: Absolutely. If you just go at it blind with no map, no plan, (laughs) no understanding. I mean, that's just a roadmap for for failure in that situation.
0: And, you know, if you become a student of money, then you are going to be able to master the science of how to build your wealth. And if you absolutely cannot stand the thought of doing that, you have to find somebody to partner with that does love that.
1: Absolutely. We work with people all the time that are like, I'm a really creative brain and I really get this concept over here. And this is where I really want to spend my time and energy. But I also understand and I want and need to build wealth. Hire the people to help you with it. I mean, I do the same thing on other topics. There's things that I just can't even handle the thought of trying to deal with um, and and that's where I hire somebody to do or help me with that to make sure I'm not completely ignoring it. Um, but I'm still getting the benefits of it.
0: It's like the idea of going to the dentist. I know that I need to take care of my dental health. I know there are things I can do every day to help promote my dental health, like brush my teeth or floss. But if I need to go, have a cavity looked at, or I need to make sure that I'm not getting gingivitis, I need a dentist to help me with that, someone who's got the specialized experience. And I need to go in, get their guidance, and then go out and be on my way. But it's that collaborative relationship of I'm doing my part on a regular basis, but the big stuff is going to be handled by them. That's really the same concept that you would want to use with your finances in working with a certified financial planner.
1: Yeah, and I promise I'll try to not be as painful as a dentist, too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Although I know that some people think dealing with their finances is worse than the dentist. (laughs)
1: It's not nearly that painful. <laughs>
0: it really doesn't have to be. We try to make it nice. We haven't even got chocolate in our waiting room. So probably what the dentist doesn't have. <laughs> uh. All right. One of the strategies that wealthy people regularly utilize is that they are diversifying their portfolio. So once they've built wealth, they have to manage it. They have to keep making sure that it's something that is structured well. And diversifying your portfolio has different segments to it. One is making sure that it actually is diversified into the right asset classes. One of the strategies is making sure that that amount in each asset class is aligned with your risk tolerance level. And your risk tolerance level is going to shift and change over the course of your life.
1: Absolutely. And it and it should, you know, and think about your just your feelings on everything when you're 20 and, mm-hmm. and early 30s. Maybe you're going to have one one kind of feeling about risk and things that aren't certain. And as you age, those those feelings definitely change. Maybe not for everybody, but a lot of times um, And it's important to understand how that's changing, when that's changing and what should you do about it.
0: Right. And successful investors don't keep all their eggs in one basket. They are generally diversified not just in traditional financial investments like stocks or bonds or funds or ETFs. They tend to often diversify against other things too like alternatives or even real estate or business ownership or things like that. So diversifying your portfolio and being able to create growth from multiple sources of um, like wealth that you've built really can help you protect yourself. Why do you diversify? Because if something blows up, hopefully the rest of what you have didn't blow up. So one thing might go down, but the rest of them might be holding steady. And that's why we don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. So diversification really matters. Now, the other thing that Wealthy investors do is that they spot check their performance. So spot checking performance means that there are s- that either they are doing it or they have hired somebody to regularly check into whether or not what they're investing in is actually an above average investment or if it's below average.
1: Absolutely, getting a gut check and, and a look at where are things at. If you never look, you might stay in something that's awful for a long time. Mm-hmm. Or you might find out, "Hey, I'm doing these things right, but there's a few few tweaks I need to make." And 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 identifying that, you do that with everything else. You do that in your own jobs. Why not also do that with your finances?
0: So, we are offering a free portfolio analysis to listeners of this show. You can reach out and contact us. Use the code invest 100 again invest 100 typically we charge a fee to do a portfolio analysis but with that code we'll do it one time with no charge and we'll help you understand how to see what is above average and what is not above average and if it's not above average we'll educate you on how to make adjustments without creating an undue tax burden and with keeping your risk levels in mind. But what I can say is that investments are cyclical. They shift and change over time. And what was good 10 years ago might not still be good. And if you haven't looked at it since then, you are making a mistake that rich people tend not to mistake, not to make.
1: Yeah, it's important to have a good process around that and to make sure you're using the right measuring stick for determining you know, what's above average and below average. Um, so I encourage you to take advantage of that offer.
0: Right. Now, the last thing that I would want to say about what the rich people know is that there's a unusual large amount of people who have significant wealth that still live like they are poor. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. It
1: really is. It's very, very interesting. Very, you know, people they're very unassuming sometimes on how mm-hmm. much wealth they have. But I, I can tell you, every single rich person, if if they've built their own wealth, they have not done it by spending more than they make. Right. For so sure. So if you think about it, of course that makes <laughs> sense. So maybe they're not living like they're poor. Mm-hmm. But they are definitely not living up to what they're bringing in. They are spending less than that.
0: There was even a book written a number of years ago called The Millionaire Next Door. And it was talking about, and I think this is even more true in the Midwest where we're located, that people tend to be like this. But people don't necessarily always flash their wealth around, especially the older generation. Mm -hmm. They tend to live as if they're still a little worried that another Great Depression might happen. Absolutely. They tend to live um, with a lot of privacy. They don't want people to know that they've accumulated wealth. I think some of it's because they don't want people to come ask them to share it. (laughs) Could be.
1: Could be. But
0: there's also, there's always been kind of an unspoken, you know, we don't brag. We don't tell people about the fact that we've become wealthy over time. It's been a taboo subject. Mm -hmm. And so um, that is one of the strategies that some wealthy people do deploy is that they're pretty private about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Fairly, Really, really interesting, that, mm-hmm. that one I find um, just fascinating, and I've encountered so many people like this, um, that you, you are talking to them and, and just in the coffee shop, and they're the guy down the street, and pretty soon you find out there's a whole lot more there than what you realized, and yep. it's really kind of cool.
0: Their humble habits have helped them accumulate great wealth. Mm-hmm. All right, well we hope that this has given you some good insight into what the rich people know as you make your own journey towards accumulating wealth. So thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk.
1: Insurance offered through Sturk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.